Welcome in to the Victory Sports Podcast. I am your host, Preston Victory. I hope you all had fantastic weekends. Today, we've got our first episode and a lot to cover. But first, I want to thank you all who are tuned into the show. If you like it, go subscribe, comment, and give it a rating. I want to first start off by previewing this upcoming NFL season. We will break it down division by division. And I will start with the AFC this week, and then next week I will go into the NFC. And with all that said, let's get right on into it. I want to start with the AFC South. The Houston Texans. This is an absolute mess of an organization right now. Their presumed starting quarterback, Deshaun Watson, has 22 sexual assault lawsuits against him at the moment. He's also being investigated by the FBI for these allegations. So I don't think it is wise for anyone to expect him to play much this year, if at all. The NFL hasn't done anything yet, but I assume that that will change sometime in the near future. Also to add, Pro Football Focus rated this team the worst roster in the NFL. So I think that they are primed to have a potentially all-time bad season, and I think they could potentially go 0-17 at the end of the year. All right, the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is going to be a really exciting team to watch this upcoming season. They've added Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, as well as Urban Meyer as their head coach to help mentor them. I think this has the potential to be a very explosive offense with the play of Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. Now, I do have a couple of concerns, though, and that is the offensive line. Their offensive line did not do a good job last year protecting either Nick Foles or Gardner Minshew, and I fear that they're going to do the same for Trevor Lawrence. I worry that another Joe Burrow or Andrew Luck situation is upon us. I don't want that to happen, especially to someone who is as talented as Trevor Lawrence. As a fan of the Tennessee Titans, I don't want the Jaguars to do well. But I do root for Trevor Lawrence to have a successful and productive NFL career. Just, if he could, try to stay out of the way of the Tennessee Titans. Really appreciate it. So, I hope that Trevor Lawrence is able to stay healthy Now, when it comes to the defensive side of the ball, I think that this has holes all over the place, and I don't think they're going to be able to stop anybody. They have a little bit of depth at their defensive line, but I think that they are going to not be able to get off the field, and they're going to give up a lot of points, which is going to put a lot of pressure on Trevor Lawrence and the offense to put up big numbers in order to succeed this year. I think that they will be able to do that a couple of times this year and like maybe upset an opponent or two, but... I think this is going to be a developmental year for the team, and in the next year or two, they will eventually become a contender. All right. Now to cover the teams that actually have a chance at winning the division this year, the Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts. I think the Indianapolis Colts are not going to win it this year, and I'll tell you why. You can't trust Carson Wentz. He hasn't even survived training camp yet, and he's already injured. And I know, I know, he's going to play week one probably. He's on the road to recovery. That's great. But he hasn't been able to play a full NFL season for the majority of his career. He only has two seasons where he plays all 16 games. So what indicators do you have that he's going to be able to last all this year? I know he's got a great offensive line in front of him, which will certainly help. And he's got a good solid running game as well. But... I just think it's inevitable that he gets injured and you're going to have to rely on the backup quarterback, which I know they have Jacob Easton as the backup quarterback right now, and I don't, 
he could be good, but there's, he has not played or started an NFL game in his career. So you can definitely not trust somebody who has zero NFL experience to come and step in and make your team a Super Bowl contender. So while the team has a great all-around roster, I don't see them being able to get over the hump this year and surpass the Tennessee Titans because of their quarterback play because, unfortunately, that is the most important position on the field. All right, we get to talk about my Tennessee Titans. This offense is going to be dynamic. They've added Julio Jones. They've got their 2,000-yard rusher back in Derrick Henry, and they have back-to-back 1,000-yard season receiver A.J. Brown. How do you cover this offense? If you stack the box, they're going to be able to throw it over the top to Julio Jones or A.J. Brown. But if you try to cover those big play receivers, then Derrick Henry is going to power right through you, as he proved he proved to do this past season. So the offense is going to be borderline unstoppable unless injuries get in the way. And I know some people will point out the defensive side of the ball as being a big liability this past year. But I have reasons to believe that they will improve vastly this upcoming offseason. They added Bud Dupree... Kayla Farley, and Janoris Jenkins to help revamp that unit. And I think while two of those have some injury concerns, I think at least one of them is going to be able to bounce back, be healthy, and reach their full potential to help the defense improve enough to overcome the Titans' difficult schedule they have this upcoming season and win the division for a second straight season. All right, moving on to the AFC East. I'm going to start with the New York Jets. This is a team that's very similar to the Jacksonville Jaguars. They added a franchise quarterback, or I should say a potential franchise quarterback, and Zach Wilson, and they've attempted to surround him with some nice pieces in Corey Davis and Elijah Moore. Their defensive line is pretty strong, but they did just lose Carl Lawson to the season this upcoming year due to Achilles injury. So I worry about their defensive line like depth after losing Carl Lawson, and then their cornerback play was atrocious last year and is going to be atrocious again this upcoming season. They allowed a 71% completion percentage on throws into their coverage. That's really bad. You've got to be able to stop the pass in order to succeed in this league. Unfortunately, they didn't make any attempts to really address this concern. They only used a late-round draft pick to address the cornerback position, and they didn't add anybody through free agency. So while I think the offense could be exciting to watch with Zach Wilson thrown to these new toys that he has or wide receivers, but I don't think the Jets are going to make any significant push towards the playoffs or the division this upcoming season. The Miami Dolphins. Can Tua take the next step? I don't think he's going to. They have attempted to surround him with some nice weapons in Jalen Waddell and Devontae Parker. Jalen Waddell was injured this past week in a preseason game he appears to have avoided any major injuries so hopefully he's able to make a fast recovery and be there for his quarterback but getting back to Tua I worry about his consistency last year he would have games where he was great and other games where he was just awful and could not get the offense moving without Ryan Fitzpatrick to come in and bail him out I worry that the Dolphins are going to struggle mightily and underachieve as a roster because they've got a really strong defense I just worry that they're going to get frustrated and eventually start giving up points and there's going to be some internal tension. Because if you look back last year, when they made the switch from Ryan Fitzpatrick to Tua, there were a lot of players that didn't like it. They felt like Ryan Fitzpatrick was the guy. I think there's a little bit of amnesty towards Tua. And so I 
I'm worried that this team is going to implode as the season goes on, especially if Tua isn't productive and lives up to the hype of his first-round draft status. The New England Patriots. I think that this team is primed for a comeback year, and I think they're going to make the playoffs. I don't think that they're going to win the division, but I do think that they are going to make the playoffs. And I'll tell you why. And it's not because of their quarterback, Mac Jones. Last year, they had eight players opt out of the NFL season. That led the NFL. And also, they spent $77.5 million in guarantee money on the receiving core. So when you look at Bill Belichick's resume, he's the best coach of all time. That's, I don't think that's up for debate personally. But every coach has a weakness. And Bill Belichick's weakness is drafting skill position wide receivers. They haven't drafted any like top-level wide receiver in the past couple of drafts. The last time they had any all-pro wide receiver was Randy Moss, which was all the way back in the 2000s or 2010s. So I think that they knew that and went out and they got the talent. They ended up paying for the top-level talent. And so I think that the offense is going to be able to function a lot more as a result. The running game is pretty strong, led by Damian Harris. Offensive line is pretty strong as well. And then when it comes to the quarterback position, Cam Newton has a little bit more of a leadership ability, and he can make bigger plays happen. But I think Mac Jones is the smarter, more accurate quarterback. It's hard to go one way or the other. Both have strengths, both have weaknesses. I don't think it's going to matter too much. I would probably go with Cam Newton just because of the big playability. But overall, I don't think that is going to matter. And with Bill Belichick coaching at the defense, I don't think that there's going to be any problems or concerns as to whether they'll be good enough to get to the playoffs this year. Finally, the Buffalo Bills. I think we are in for a big year regarding the Bills Mafia. Their quarterback, Josh Allen, is going to be an MVP candidate this year. Mark my words, and I'm going to tell you why. People may argue that he's going to regress this season after having a great season last year. But I don't think that's the case. His completion percentage went from 58 to 69% last year. And that indicates that he's being much more accurate with the football and more methodical about his choices when he's attempting to throw it. Also, he only threw a 16.5% uncatchable rate. That is top five in the NFL among quarterbacks. And he didn't even have a strong running game to complement him. So it wasn't like defenses were giving him easy throws here and there. They knew that the Bills offense ran through Josh Allen, and he was still able to produce big plays for the team. So I think this points to the Bills continuing their run and ascending to the top of the AFC. I don't know if they win it this year, but I do think that they are going to once again be in the AFC championship game. The only concerns I have is their defensive line not being able to stop the run. Last year, they struggled on that, and they didn't really do anything to address it. They're hoping star Lutu Delele is able to come back and fix their problems on the defensive line. I don't think it will matter, but it will certainly help out the rest of the defense if he is able to do so. Alright, moving on to the AFC North. I want to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals. I think they made a big mistake in passing on Panay Sewell to draft Jamar Chase. And the reason for that is... The offensive line hasn't gotten really any better to protect your quarterback, Joe Burrow. I think this year is going to be very similar to last season where Joe Burrow makes a bunch of nice plays. 
He's surrounded by some great offensive talent, but he's going to have to get rid of the ball really fast in order to avoid getting hit like he did last year. And I think that's a lot to ask for a young quarterback. Quarterbacks like Tom Brady understand the game so well that they're able to get the ball out really fast and understand what the defense is trying to do. I don't think Joe Burrow is at that point yet in his career. I think he needs time to throw the football, and the offensive line the Bengals have put in front of him is not going to get it done. The defense is still atrocious and can't stop anybody, so it's all on Joe Burrow. And I think that is a bad idea for the organization to ask him at this point in his career. He's only in his second season, and he missed valuable time last year in his development when he got hurt because of the bad play of the offensive line. They are currently ranked 30th in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus. So I think if the Bengals have any chance at being competitive or having Joe Burrow avoid another Andrew Luck situation... I think that they should trade for a a good offensive lineman and start building that up so Joe Burrow doesn't have his career end prematurely. All right, now to the interesting teams. The Pittsburgh Steelers. I think that they're going to regress in a big way this upcoming year. They came out really hot last year and started off 11-0, and then they completely lost all their mojo. The defensive line is elite which that will keep him competitive this year. But their quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger, with him getting up there in age, I don't think he's going to age gracefully like Tom Brady because something like Tom Brady is never going to happen again. He is a once-in-our-lifetime quarterback. We can't expect other quarterbacks to live up to his level of play, especially at his age. And on top of that, Ben Roethlisberger has not put in the time in the offseason as well as diet the way Tom Brady has throughout his career. So just with all that combined, he's not going to be able to age in the same way. So overall, the offensive side is going to regress even more than last year. The defense will keep this football team in games, but I don't think that they're going to be any sort of threat to the division. The Cleveland Browns. This is a top five roster according to pro football focus going into this year. So I think that they are very much in contention for the division this year. I just don't think they're going to win it. Their quarterback, Baker Mayfield, while he has been a success compared to most Browns quarterbacks, I don't think he's going to lead them to their first division title in a long time. Last year, the team was predominantly led by their running game and their strong defensive play, which worked really, really well. But Baker needs to make bigger plays for this team in order for them to get to that next level. They got lucky last year when they had a chance to beat the Kansas City Chiefs when Patrick Mahomes went out with an injury. I don't think that's going to happen again. The tandem of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hump can only take you so far. Again, they added Javani Clowney on the defensive side. This defense will keep them in games. Baker will have the chance to take that next level. I just don't think he's going to be able to. He hasn't shown his ability to be consistent. I'm rooting for him. He's already overcome a bunch of doubters throughout his career, and I hope that he does it again, but I don't think he's going to. The Browns who are accustomed to not winning at all, are going to be satisfied with him. They won't get rid of him, but I unfortunately don't think Baker is going to lead them to the division title or the Super Bowl. And finally, the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson quieted all the critics, saying he couldn't win a playoff game. He did against my Tennessee Titans, which I hated to see, but I was happy for Lamar Jackson because I thought he was unfairly criticized for his playoff struggles. 
the games that he lost were not all on him. And he was able to overcome all that criticism, focus on the task at hand, and get that first playoff win. And I think he has the potential to take another step in the right direction this upcoming year. The defense is going to be good again. He's surrounded by great talent on the offensive side as well. Pro Football Focus considers this team a top five roster. So I don't see any reasons why the Baltimore Ravens don't get back to at least the divisional round, if not the AFC Championship game. I just hope that they're able to find a way to defend Kansas City. For some reason, every time they play Kansas City, they implode. Lamar Jackson plays his worst. I know it will be tough, but if they play the right way, the Baltimore Ravens absolutely have the capability to beat the Kansas City Chiefs this year. The last division of the day, the AFC West. And I want to start with the Las Vegas Raiders. I think this is set up to be a really bad year for the team. Their defense can once again not stop anybody, and they've done nothing to address it. When they traded Khalil Mack when Jordan Gruden got there, you thought the Raiders won the trade because they got a lot of draft capital. The problem with that is that was very contingent upon the fact that they drafted high-quality players, and they haven't. Jonathan Abram, Damian Arnett, and Henry Ruggs have all been bust up to this point. Now, granted, Henry Ruggs could still be a big-time playmaker for the team. If last year is any indication, that is not going to be the case. I think that they fell in love with his speed, which was a 4-2-40, and they didn't look at any other measurables when drafting him. I also think the John Gruden experiment has been a failure up to this point. He's been given a lot of power in the organization and has not shown any ability to draft high-quality players and not fix a defense that hasn't been able to stop anybody for some time. If I were the Raiders, I would try to break it all apart, trade Derek Carr, and as I previously mentioned, I think the Colts could come into play if Carson Wentz isn't producing at a high level for them and trade for Derek Carr. I think that would give the Colts a much better chance to compete for their division as well as the Super Bowl. But I think the Raiders are in prime contention for the number one overall pick, and I just think that with their structure in place is not capable of winning now or any time in the near future. The Denver Broncos. According to Pro Football Focus, this is the top 10 roster in the NFL. So it's a very talented team, but they're missing one really important piece, the quarterback. Whether it's Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater, I think that they are going to definitely hold back the team, which is a shame considering you have Von Miller and Justin Simmons on the defensive side, and they aren't getting any younger, so it's important for the Broncos to not waste any more of their prime years. Unfortunately, I do think the quarterback play is going to cause the Denver Broncos to miss the playoffs for a sixth straight season. All right, the LA Chargers. I expect Justin Herbert to take a huge leap this upcoming year. I think he won't be as good as Patrick Mahomes this year, but I think in the near future he will reach a Patrick Mahomes-like level. And I think this alone puts the Chargers in the contention for a playoff spot this year. The big if that I'm not really sure about is their defense. Can Duran James come back and be as good as he was before he was injured? And can Joey Bosa command enough attention so where the other defensive linemen can get to the quarterback as well. Besides those two players, there's no real difference makers on this defense, and the Chargers are known already for giving up fourth quarter leads. And without having a lot of depth on the defensive side, that could happen again this upcoming season. They've got plenty of talent on the offensive side of the ball to succeed and have Justin Herbert take that next step that I was talking about. 
but the defense has got to come in and be clutch for them in order for them to be in contention for this division as well as potentially the AFC. So we will see what happens this year. The last team of the day, the Kansas City Chiefs. This is the most dominant team in the NFL, I think, or at least the AFC this year. They've got Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill. That is the best trio in football, in my opinion. Offensive line has been fixed compared to last year. I think that they won't have to worry about a repeat of the Super Bowl happening again. My only concern is actually their wide receiving core. And I'm not talking about Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. When you go back and watch the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes made some unbelievable throws that you cannot expect anybody on the planet to make. As he was falling down, he threw it like three-quarters release, and it hit the wide receiver in the helmet. It should have been caught for a touchdown, but it wasn't, and it basically ended the Kansas City Chiefs' hopes of winning that night. So in order for the Chiefs to take that step and win the Super Bowl this year, I think all they really need is the wide receiving core behind Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey to step up just a little bit. They don't need them to be like super flashy or make any big plays. They just need to catch the ball when it's thrown onto them. If they do that, I think they're going to be in great shape. Now, their defense can be a little bit of a liability at times, but I think Tyron Matthew will be able to lead this group and make sure that they're consistent enough, as well as Chris Jones. I forgot to mention him. Chris Jones is an absolute stud on the defensive line. I think if those two players are able to like be leaders and guide this group and make them consistent enough that they will be back in the Super Bowl this year. All right, that is it for today's NFL coverage. Again, next week we are going to be covering the NFC of the uh, NFL, and I will let you know my Super Bowl pick then. And just a quick recap, I think that the Tennessee Titans, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Baltimore Ravens, and the Buffalo Bills are going to win their divisions. I will also next week unveil all my playoff picks, let you know which teams that made it last year aren't making it this year, etc. The last subject I want to cover here today is the Premier Lacrosse League, otherwise known as the PLL, and recap the playoffs that just happened this past weekend. But before I get into that, I want to give you guys a little background it for those of you who don't know. The PLL is a professional outdoor lacrosse league for men's lacrosse. It was recently founded in 2018 by Mike and Paul Rabel and takes place over the summer. As a lacrosse fan, I find this up-and-coming league to be very exciting. Growing up, professional lacrosse didn't really exist and wasn't available on TV, and so it was really hard for me to watch any of it if it was happening. And so I usually just watch college lacrosse, which takes place during the spring. When the league launched in the summer of 2019, they were able to strike a deal with NBC to stream and cover all their games. This was an absolute game changer because I could finally enjoy watching the players that I used to watch in college who are still playing. The PLL consists of eight teams and plays a nine-game regular season schedule. The top seven teams advance to the playoffs and the one seed gets a bye. The league just finished up its first round games and have the semifinals coming up on September 5th. If you love a hard-hitting and fast-paced game, I encourage you to try watching a PLL game. If you don't want to wait for the next game, you can go back and watch every game using Peacock Premium. It only costs $4.99 a month. 
I think many of you football fans will enjoy it. Let's get to the games. You had the Chaos versus the Archers, the Cannons versus the Atlas, and the Whip Snakes versus the Redwoods. All three games provided a bunch of high-intensity, fast-paced action that came down to the last quarter of play. The best of them all was the Whip Snakes versus the Redwoods, which again, it pains me to say it, but the Whip Snakes once again beat the Redwoods to end the year for the third straight season. The other games were really competitive as well, especially the Chaos and the Archers. The Chaos, after not winning any regular season games last year, were able to go on a run to the championship game in the 2020 abbreviated season. I think they're in a similar position to do the same exact thing this year. They rely heavily on their goalie, Blaze Reardon, but he has proven to be up for the task and has shown the ability to carry this team. And when it comes to the Cannons and the Atlas game, the Cannons were a team that I felt like had all the pieces to be a really good team, but they never quite put it together. Paul Rabel had a great resurgence year after not having a great 2020 season, and Lyle Thompson finally joined the PLL, and it was great to see him finally participate and make vintage Lyle Thompson plays. All right, I want to talk a little bit about the Atlas, who they played and lost to. The Atlas have been a really interesting story this year, in my opinion. Ben Rubiart, their head coach, has proven to be a genius, quite frankly, after trading away some of its major pieces from last year's team. People thought he was he didn't know what he was doing, and he took a little bit of flack for it. But what he got back in those trades were draft picks. And he's been able to draft the right players, and I think he's got a great team around him now for just not just today, but the foreseeable future. Drafting Jeff Teat number one overall has proven to be the right decision, and Jake Carraway has also been a great compliment to him as well, as well as adding Mark Cockerton. He's been a great addition, especially when it comes to being like off-ball. He's been able to make cuts, and players have been able to find him, resulting in a lot of goals. They've also got Trevor Baptiste, who in my opinion is the best face-off guy in the game. When you've got a great face-off guy and a great offense, it takes that additional pressure off your defense and not to defend for as many possessions. And one thing I want to give credit to, speaking of their defense, is their goalie, J.D. Calarusso, who wasn't even technically on our roster last season. When the PLL had their season last year during COVID, they did a bubble. And during that, they brought in a goalie, which was J.D. Calarusso, that would take shots for multiple teams, and he was like the emergency goalie. So if a team ran out of goalies to play, he could step in, and it didn't really matter which team it was for. So he was kind of like that emergency reserve. So he was able to deal with multiple shooters, and I think that has ended up helping him this year when playing for the Atlas. All right, that concludes today's PLL coverage. Quick recap, the chaos, the Atlas, and the Whip Snakes all advanced this past weekend. The Atlas will take on the Chaos, and the Whip Snakes will take on the Water Dogs, who were the one seed and did not play this past week. That all is happening September 5th on Sunday. Make sure you go and watch it. Again, you can watch all your PLL games on the Peacock app and get Peacock Premium. I highly encourage you to give it a try. It is a great thing to watch when football is not occurring, and also it's just a great sport to watch in general. That concludes today's coverage. I appreciate all of you listening to today's show. You can contact me through email or Twitter using links below in the description. And once again, if you like the show, download, subscribe, and rate the podcast. All of those help me out a ton.
My name is Preston Victory, and thank you for tuning in to the Victory Sports Podcast. Thank <laughs> you.